Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker taking over Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Walker Mail, Wes Bryan from the ACC Digital Network, plus Josh Fitty Marlowe. You can catch his work on Heel Tough blog and follow him on Twitter at HTB underscore Josh. I'm doing this already self-conscious because the first thing that Wes decides to say when I walk into the studio is that, oh, Walker, I see that you ate something for, un- I see that you ate onions for or something like that for breakfast this morning, <laughs> and I did it. <laughs> and so now it just seems like I smell. Now, Fiddy did burp before we came on the air, and so I think it might be him, but the fact that you think I'm the one that smells like onions coming in, I'm at, like, I'm sitting here smelling my pits, smelling my clothes to see if there's <laughs> something on me. Dude, totally in my head right now that I smell. I thought that when I brushed by you, I thought I smelled a hint of onions. And then I continued oh, smelling as I sat down. So I was like, well, maybe it was somebody who's in the studio before us. Maybe. I really hope that it's not me. Yeah, it's not you. If you didn't have any onions, then it's not you. Because I feel like I put on clean clothes today. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they were folded and put away. And because so I put those I, on. Yeah, because I love onions. So, you know <laughs> what I'm you saying? Want, you don't want somebody to be smelling like no, onions. Well, I mean, sometimes it's hard, though. You know how I told you I like my hot dogs buried in onions, the chili dogs. So if I eat one, I'm probably going to reap of that. I mean, is it the toaster strudel? If you smelled that, I would be more confident Ooh, that it was fitting. onion toaster strudel? Well, no, not onion toaster strudel. <laughs> if you smelled toaster strudel, then I would oh, yeah, know it's We would fitting. definitely know who it would be then. Because he burped. And did you eat three this morning like you usually do? Or did you just eat a couple? How many did you eat, Fiddy? I actually did not have toaster strudels for breakfast Pop-tarts. this morning. I had uh, I had cereal bars. What kind oh, of cereal wow. bars? wow. I'm a- floored by that. Apple cinnamon. Yeah. What, Nutri-Grain? Yep. Oh, my Lord. Oh, you like the cereal bars. Well, I do like them, but just the fact that Fiddy decided to eat something decently healthy for no. a change. <laughs> Instead of the That's the great part about that. Or the Snickers bar, yeah, right? Yeah, Snickers <laughs> bar to start his morning Pop-Tarts. That's my favorite is when he eats a candy bar for breakfast Fiddy, and when then you, drinks Mountain Dew. Do, when you do Pop-Tarts, do you do you break up the, uh, the duos? Do you eat three Pop-Tarts? No, I just eat a pack and usually with a side of a cereal bar. Some days, got to be honest. Some days it's three toaster strudels and the pop tarts, but that's that's what I'm feeling. <sighs> I mean, in what span of time? But he hyped for a minute, then he just crashed. <laughs> you come in firing on all cylinders. I mean, are we talking about eating all of that in just three hours? What's the time span? Three hours, dude. It takes me like ten minutes to eat all that. So you eat three toaster strudels. I mean, they're not crazy three toaster strudels and two pop tarts. Yeah. Yeah, fitty. It's so much sugar. With, it, with with usually a Coke to drink. Like I told just, him, I said, but he'll be the one that lives to be like 85. 
You've heard about the people that live to be 110, yeah. and they say the key is three beers a day. Yeah, the key is just do what you want to do. That's that'll be fifty. He'll live to be eighty-five. People people live healthy, don't eat an ounce of anything bad. Die forty-five. It's gonna be it's gonna be the year three thousand. Right. Uh, yeah, and and. and Fitty is going to be like, yeah, you know, I think the key to life is eating Pop Darts every single day Pop to go Tarts on. With toaster strudels. <laughs> yep. To go on top of. Get your of energy your going. Toaster strudels. But don't forget your Coke or Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, with that. What do you drink with that? Oh, it's, it's usually some sort of soda. Right now in the house, I have Coke and Sprite. Fitty, I want you to know Wes's face when you said that was of disgust and like concern over, yeah. your, over your eating habits. Man, you, because I really. Read labels when I get stuff. And on some of the stuff, when you read the labels, especially on soft drinks, it doesn't take all of that. I mean, I've seen Mountain soft Dew's drinks. the worst, too. When you I've, see the, cal- yeah, the calories are gross. Yeah, I've seen the sugar on, like, I think the ginger ale. And it's like 120% of I your know. daily intake. I'm like, does it, do we need all of that sugar to make that taste good? Because the diet ginger ale's. Tastes great when they're ice cold. Ah, uh, see, man, you. I've been I've been conditioned though. That's the problem. I think the best tasting diet soda. I didn't have a problem with Sprite Zero growing up. Sprite Zero, well, Sprite Zero just came on the scene. You from no. the future? No, Sprite Terminator. Zero. Well, I am. <laughs> I, I've always I've always been ahead of my time. But no, the Coke uh, to me, all the diet soda, especially when you get them ice cold. That's the key. If you get them ice cold, they're good. Well, especially the McDonald's Coke. You know how those hit different. You know everybody. You know, and the Sprite I read. McDonald's always I read different. about that, mm-hmm. and there's a reason why it tastes different. I read about that. They were saying how. That um, because something happened when people were upset about the coke or something they said, but it was the filtration system that they have for the water. Like it's very scientific with McDonald's. The reason that coke tastes a little bit better than a normal coke. They're from the future. McDonald's is absolutely they got from the Terminators future. Terminators in there. Yeah, Matt and Greensboro wrote in. He's going to get diabetes just by listening to the show today. <laughs> yes, I apologize. We're not liable for any diabetes Ooh. you might catch. On this show, NASCAR Brad said Diet Sundrop is the goat. Yeah, that's fine. I just hope you're not drinking it at 9 a.m. consistently. <laughs> uh, somebody, Moose, wrote in a box of Pop-Tarts can be gone in less than oh, 15 minutes, too. So if you queue up the, the breaking news, I, I don't know if everybody already knew that. Okay, so we're just right going now. right into Tim Beck. There Tim you go. Beck, Transition. new football okay. coach at Coastal Carolina. I just saw a flash across the thing. Okay, well, okay. there you go. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he probably had some Pop-Tarts or something this morning. Um, Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I guess that is the thing. Speak just real quickly though, like that I, I did speaking of reading the label and all of the nutrients and stuff like that, I did buy a daily vitamin pill yesterday. Okay. For the first time. Because I've been I was sick. I went into Walgreens. I wanted to make sure that I was taking care of myself. Yeah. And is this thirty, Wes? I mean, th- does this mean that I'm just getting way old? Because I looked at the daily men's vitamins and thought, you know what? This is a good idea. And that's not something that really crossed my mind in my 20s. Well, listen, this is a man that cares about your health. And we really should have been doing it in our 20s as well, man, being more concerned uh, with our health. I know as I've gotten older, I've always uh, I've gotten more and more in those lines as well. So, no, man. Okay, I appreciate that. Fitty, maybe you need to get on that, too, before you hit 30, just to make sure that yeah, you can man. kind of balance out the toaster strudels, the Pop-Tarts, the Mountain Dew, and the Sprite, the Coke, all of the soda that you're <laughs> eating. So we're getting off of the bus. We've got a lot of snacks. We're not our best selves. We're still recovering from yesterday. I think we've probably increased our health by, what, maybe 15%, something like that. We're yes. feeling a little better, but we're active. We're playing. We're getting off the bus right now. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel 
Hornets lose a tough one last night to the L.A. Clippers. And the Clippers, right before tip, decided, you know what? We're just going to bring everybody back except for Norm Powell. Kawhi Leonard plays in the game. Paul George plays in this game. And those were the two biggest pieces down the stretch, just like you might imagine, because they are the two best players. So the Hornets, they lose 119 to 117. Kawhi Leonard hits the go-ahead jumper right in the grill of Jalen McDaniels, who I thought was playing good enough defense, but it's just Kawhi being Kawhi in that moment. Rebounding a huge issue. Here's Steve Clifford talking about how this team needs to be way more physical. You got to hit somebody. It's our biggest problem. You know what I mean? The nice one we're physical, we're fine. The nice one we're not physical, that doesn't work. You know what I mean? So we got to hit people. I mean, that's it. That's it. We need guys to be overachievers for their career on the defensive glass. And right now, it's like one or two of them. That's it. Like tonight, we listen. The effort was really good. The offense was really good. They got 25 second chance points. You're not going to win. I mean, they got two all stars out there. They got a guy who's played at an MVP level before. I mean, you can't give those guys 25 second chance points and win. Not a team like that. Can't do it. So, I mean, t- talk about it, whatever. You're going to find out who wants to win. That's what it's all about. you got to make that play. That play has to be made. That's the second game. Same thing happened in Cleveland. One block out in Cleveland, the game's over. We don't make the block out. Same thing tonight. It's as simple as that. That's it. It's the rebounding game. It's maddening because it's so true. You go back. I'm not mad at the game-winning shot by Kawhi Leonard. There's nothing else you can do. It's ISO basketball. They have an MVP candidate on on their roster when he's healthy. Jalen McDaniels played well enough defense. I don't know what else you could do. Totally fine. It's the play before for the Clippers on their offensive possession where Marcus Morris misses a three-point shot. Kawhi Leonard crashes Paul George crashes taps the basketball to Kawhi who's just chilling under the basket with four of mm-hmm. her other members of the Charlotte Hornets and then has an easy layup to tie that thing 117-117 the two best players there were two people that made something happen on that play they were both the stars for the Clippers organization Kawhi crashes Paul crashes Kelly Oubre just doesn't block Kawhi out doesn't look at him decides to ball watch and doesn't see Kawhi going into the paint and then you have Paul George crashing for the basketball because it misses short side and then Jalen McDaniels at least goes for it he goes with two hands but just not strong enough doesn't put a body on Paul George and that's how he's able to tap it to Kawhi but it was the defensive rebounding once again and it was over the course of the game it was also that specific play that you can point to that allowed the Clippers to tie it up it's a real problem Injuries are a huge problem for this team that always has to be under the umbrella of our Hornets conversation. It matters. They're down so many bodies, especially when they bring back Kawhi and Paul. But man, you could erase a lot of those mistakes if your big guys and everybody else just blocked out. Yeah, and by that soundbite, Coach, just he's starting to sound a little bit defeated. He said the same <laughs> thing does. last week as far as just being physical, basically calling them soft in a roundabout way. Um... And then you just think about what's happened since he took the job. The Miles Bridges thing happens, the LaMelo Ball injury, all the injuries that he's had. They're sitting at 7-17 and and then stuff I'm sure that he's going over and over again in practice. They're not doing, and it's costing them basketball games. We talked about in the pre-show how he said he did not want to be a part of a rebuilding job, but that's kind of where we're at. 
and just, you know, the little things that are frustrating him and just his tone, because we've heard this season, as the season has gone along, at first when he would comment post-game, you know, he'd be, yeah, you know, I think we could do this at third. And then it was, yeah, you know, we could <laughs> do that at third. And yeah. then this, he was like, yeah, we just got to, you know. Yeah, What's that, Coach Cliff? <laughs> yeah, he's like, we just got to bounce. I mean, that man just sounds defeatist. I mean, this team is struggling. I I felt a little optimistic that they were feisty last night against a, a pretty good Clippers team that they was playing well basically at full strength. P.J. Yeah. had a huge bounce back game after yeah. going 0 of 13 the last time out. I thought P.J. played really well. I yeah. thought I thought Kelly Oubre was able to help them offensively once again. I mean, there were guys that the starting lineup. It's been a bad starting lineup for the most part, but they actually showed up once more. Yeah. Let's go to one more soundbite before we move on to some more Carolina Panthers conversation. Let's lay the foundation from another Steve who spoke yesterday. Steve Wilkes had these comments on the release of one Baker Mayfield. I'm sure you guys have heard, you know, Baker has been, you know, released. Baker has been nothing but professional since he's been here, a complete pro. Tremendous respect for him. As Ian and I had a conversation, I talked about, you know, my decision at the time to go to Cleveland. It's all based off him and their offense and having an opportunity to be, you know, with a productive team that I felt that could move the ball. And, you know, this is a, you know, a tough business uh, and sitting in this seat, you know, it's a tough decision on my part, but uh, it was something that I felt like uh, was the best move for the team the moving forward. <laughs> Either that or mowing the lawn. <laughs> Somebody was weed whacking back there, <laughs> making sure that they were going to infiltrate that sound from Steve Wilkes. Hey. So there he is discussing how it was kind of a hard decision, but honestly, Baker gave you an out if he requested this because you weren't going to pay. You weren't going to play him anyway. It's funny to me. I've mentioned this before. You would think it would be a really hard decision week in and week out for Steve Wilkes to make the starting quarterback decision, but things have happened to the point where it's actually not a hard decision if you go evaluate it week by week. You bring in Sam Darnold because Baker didn't play well and P.J.'s hurt. You go with P.J. because Sam Darnold is hurt and so is uh, Baker Mayfield. When you decided to go back to Sam Darnold, um, it's because he played well in this previous game that they were able to come out with a win against the Denver Broncos. It's funny because normally if you have all these three QBs in the room, it's like, which one are you starting? At the same time, I do feel like it's been pretty easy week to week because of the circumstances that have been in front of Steve Wilkes. Let's get to that on the other side of the break. We're pushed to go to a break and we'll come back with more comments from Steve Wilkes on the release of Baker Mayfield. And is there any reason for anybody to pick up the number one overall pick, the former number one overall pick in Baker? It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can help us out by texting us through the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. 704-570-9610. We were talking about ginger ale earlier and Jackson wrote in, Hey Wes, my grandpa brought Schweppes ginger ale to this country. Put some respect on some ginger ale. Are you a Schweppes or Canada Dry guy? Uh, I'll take either. You don't mind? Yeah. I'm I'm sorry to Jackson's grandfather. I think I'm more of a Canada Dry guy, but I like Schweppes okay. If I had to lean, though, now that I think about it, 
Mm-hmm. I would go with Canada Dry. That's the one I go to. But Schweppes is fine if I have to go to that can't, uh, because ginger ale is very good. It doesn't yes, matter to me. Is. Brian was helping us figure out why Sprite tastes better at McDonald's. You were talking about the filtering theory. Brian wrote in, it's specifically about the Sprite. They filtered water twice in order to get the extra crispiness mm-hmm. in the McDonald's Sprite. Yeah. So that's what it is. They filter it twice, and that's why it tastes so good, because it does. I don't know why. I also like the ice, the little, the little what are the, just the, the yeah, smaller have, bites yeah, of Yeah, they ice. have a specific system that they have. I read about it. I found it quite interesting. Yeah, it was. Yes. So plenty more <laughs> McDonald's updates and, and the making of the sausage at McDonald's. You can check out here on Wesson Walker, and you can share your thoughts again, 704 Five seven zero ninety six ten. Let's go to Steve Wilkes and his comments a little bit more so on Baker Mayfield and why they decided to move on from him. He called it a hard decision, though I feel like he gave you an easy out if he requested to be released because there were opportunities out there that maybe another team would decide to pick him up off of waivers. People do believe that he is going to get picked up. Kyle Shanahan, he did have a comment on Baker Mayfield because everybody's been kind of looking at San Francisco with their injury to Jimmy Garoppolo over the weekend. And he said this, quote, we look into everything, but that would surprise me right now if we did decide to pick up Baker Mayfield. So the team that claims Baker will have to inherit the remaining $1.35 million on his contract, mm-hmm. not a ton of money, so I don't think that's going to be a deterrent if you are in desperate need of a QB. Um, and here's Steve Wilkes talking a little bit more about why it didn't work out and whether he was able to figure out why it didn't work out with Baker in Carolina. I can't answer that question, David. It, it, it's so many different reasons to the, to the mere fact. And I, I wouldn't say that he failed. I would say that it just didn't work out. You know, uh, he's still a good football player. Just like coaches, just like players, right. sometimes, you know, they just need a change. I wish him all the best. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Wes Bryant's commentary during Coach's commentary that we play (laughs) is something that we need to isolate every once in a while. At the same time, what are you going to say if you're Steve Wilkes, though, Wes? This is probably what you got to say, and then you just move on. I I understand it, but I mean, it's like, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's trying to be positive and not try to make it more of a headline than what it should be. But come on, he's a good football player. I don't know why it didn't work out. It didn't work out because he's trash. Do you think? Can you imagine if Steve Wilkes said that at the podium? Right, <laughs> that would be the littest press conference ever if he Whoa. did that. Yeah, I mean, what else is he supposed to say? But why? Why can't he just say he didn't perform up to our standards here, and we felt like maybe a fresh start somewhere else? He may do better, but he didn't perform up to our standards here. Yeah, I don't he, see what's wrong with that. No, it's well because he's putting some of that on Baker, and he just isn't going to do that. I mean, he feels that way. I, I don't I don't mind this, right? It's nothingness. It's not the Carolina Panthers' problem anymore. If he was still here and they were starting him, then I would really want to know why he's starting to cape for Baker Mayfield. But this is the thing about, you know, lying, essentially, because mm-hmm. we know why it didn't work out. Baker was right. awful. Yeah. He wasn't accurate. And this is kind of leading me into my next point about why a team would pick him up. I do think a team is going to do so really only based off of reporting. Ian Rappaport thinks so. Adam Adam Schefter just put out there that Baker Mayfield is expected to be claimed off of waivers. And so, fine, I can only go where the Adam Schefters and the Ian Rappaports of the world take me. And I, I can see why, because he's a former number one overall pick. He is going to get the benefit of the doubt. But if you look at why he was a number one overall pick, it wasn't because of the tools that he had. 
It was because of the accuracy. Well, right. That's what I was going to say. People loved his accuracy. And that was... And the mocks. That was the reason. It was because of his attitude. I don't know about the intangibles. It's not like he had the cleanest record coming out of Oklahoma. No, he did not. But it was the accuracy. And remember when John Dorsey, general manager of the Cleveland Browns at the time, when they decided to take Baker Mayfield number one overall, it was still a surprise. I think people leading into that thought Josh Allen might be the guy. Yeah. Sam Darnold was up there. Remember that quarterback class was expected to accomplish great things because there were so many different really talented dudes at that spot. And Baker Mayfield probably was the least toolsy of all of them. If you're talking about arm strength, able to throw the ball down the field. I mean, Baker's mobile, but he's not as mobile as Josh Allen. He's not as mobile as Sam Darnold, as we learned here in Carolina very quickly. He's certainly not as mobile as Lamar Jackson because few are, if any. So when we're talking about attributes, physical attributes, that's not why Baker Mayfield was number one overall. It was because of the accuracy. So if you are thinking we can bring Baker Mayfield in, he was a number one overall pick for a reason. Well, that reason was because he was accurate at Oklahoma and he hasn't been that in the NFL. So at that point, if that's erased, then I don't know why you would pick him up at this point. He will because the egos out there are strong enough where guys think they can fix anything in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. But if you truly take some time to evaluate the problem here in Carolina, I don't know why you would pick him up. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it over and over as far as why teams weren't clamoring to get him when he was on the trade market. Uh, You know, the Panthers came through and, and bailed him out and they gave him that shot. But now that we've seen him fail in two places, you know, I'm not sure why a team would want to give him a chance anyway to be a significant player. But with that said, I'll give Baker enough credit to say that I would say that with some of the guys hanging on to these practice squads and some of these backups, I think he may be a little better. And I think one thing that's going in his corner as well is experience. The fact that he's had so much experience. The NFL teams, they love experience. And I think that's one thing that's helping him out as well. He's an experienced veteran quarterback. He's not playing good football. You know, I think he's down to his last legs, and I don't think he lasts much longer in the league. So Stanford P wrote in this. Here's my problem with the situation. McAdoo told you years ago Baker wasn't a fit for his offense with the draft assessment of Mayfield, so why did we still go get him? I'll tell you why. Joe Person just dropped an article on The Athletic following the release of Baker Mayfield. So this is what Joe Person writes. As Matt Rule conducted his revisionist history campaign last week with the car wash that was the media appearances that he was making, From his Nebraska office, one of his contentions was that he didn't really have final roster say with the Panthers, despite what his contract said to the contrary. And no, Rule didn't make every draft pick or orchestrate every personnel move. There was collaboration with the two GMs he worked with, Marty Herney, and then eventually Scott Fitterer. This is what else Joe Person has to write. But when Rule really wanted a player, he let it be known. And one of those guys Rule coveted? Quarterback Baker Mayfield. It just followed his former coach out the door. Rule's failure to get the quarterback position right was eventually his undoing. And those are the reports that we saw when Matt Rule was eventually let go. Some of the secrets, they start to leak out when guys move on. Yep. And one of those secrets was that Matt Rule was not the verbatim word used, but annoying. It seems like everything I read, another word you could substitute in was he was annoying about some of the guys that he really wanted and that he would constantly not beg, 
But poke and prod, hey, Baker Mayfield, are we going after him? What's the deal on Baker? Apparently, Baker was that guy. So when we ask the question, how did he end up on this roster? It looks like Matt Rule was the number one person that wanted to go after him. And when the number one person, Wes, has 51% roster say contractually, then more often than not, he's going to get the guy that he wants. And Joe Person is right. Ultimately, the biggest undoing for Matt Rule, there's a lot. There's a lot of problems with the college philosophy that he brought to the NFL as to why he's no longer the coach for the Panthers anymore. But the biggest undoing is his assessment of the quarterback spot yep. and his continue and his continued miss on the signal caller anytime they would pursue one here in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, you look, he went Donald, then he went Baker, neither one of them worked out, and that's why he's at Nebraska. And as you, we talked about the coach's egos, when he looked, at Baker, I'm sure he said, well, Cleveland didn't do this or that right. I can get him to do this. Mm-hmm. I can make him that. And I think he really felt like if he could pull that off and go to the playoffs with Baker, that he was really going to be held um, in, in in that echelon of coaches. But he learned very quickly that teams didn't want Baker for a reason. Uh, and that's why now, like I said, he was fired uh, before or around midseason. So, um it just I'm sure he learned a lesson. I don't think he'll ever be back in the NFL again as a head coach. Uh, but he learned that again, if you don't have that quarterback and you don't guess right, your stay in the NFL will be short, no matter what the owner tells you. Yeah, I and and that's what hundred percent. It's interesting you bring that up though, because I never really thought about that, but you're right. Matt Rule's not gonna come back in the NFL and coach again. No. You, you can't after how horribly wrong it went yeah. here, but because he had success in college football, then Maybe it works out with Nebraska. He'd have to win a national championship in Nebraska to get that type of consideration again. Oh, yeah, 100%. And even then, I don't know if you'd want to touch it. But, hey, Pete Carroll was able to come back. We've seen it before. I don't think that's going to happen with one Matt Rule. Now, here's Steve Wilkes talking again about the quarterback position following the release of one Baker Mayfield. Just looking at the body of work, you know, the last couple of weeks, and I felt like, you know, PJ has been productive when he was in there starting. I like what Sam did, you know, last week, having the opportunity to come back in and, and showcase his talent. So that was my decision. So who? So who is starting for Carolina this week? Is it PJ? Because I thought it was Sam Darnold coming in. It's Sam. Okay, so it's just, yeah, that's my fault. But it sounded like he he was talking about PJ. I was like, okay, no, I thought it was Sam Darnold, and then it seemed to have switched up. But, yeah, Sam Darnold is starting, and PJ Walker is going to be the backup quarterback. So, to me, this makes sense, especially with Sam coming in as a guy that performed really well against the Denver Broncos. And P.J. Walker can be that backup QB. It kind of goes into kind of making the easy decision here, right? Like, you just stick with the hot hand, what he was doing with P.J. Sam Darnold now comes in and gives you a good performance, and you roll with this. Is this the right decision from Steve Wilkes? That's what you have to do if you're Steve Wilkes and you're trying to earn this job and trying to earn victories. You have to go with the guy that's playing the best. He doesn't have time to evaluate and see like okay let me keep giving pj walker a chance and see even if he has a bad game keep him in there he's trying to get a job if he had a little bit more job security maybe he would take a chance and be a little bit more project focused with a guy like a pj walker or something like that but he knows that his time is limited and he has to make a great impression so if sam donald's the guy that's going to come in and play winning football he's going to go with sam donald and vice versa for P.J. Walker. Yeah, Sam Darnold being the guy, especially with the way that he was able to perform, just carried out the play action. I I hope that we still get that Ben McAdoo, too, by the way, because it was 
a nicely called game from him. And you and I both have been 100% on the same page. It's always easy to give the play caller credit when they're running the ball effectively. So many times that gets overlooked on play calling. Oh, well, they should have ran it more when they did run it at the beginning of the game. They gave you 10 carries. They gained 20 yards, and so they went away from it. So many times in hindsight, people will blame the play caller there. But when they run the football and then they stick with it, and then everybody's saying, oh, great, finally, you stick with it. See, good things happen. Well, they stuck with it because it was working. And so the fact that it was working is great for Ben McAdoo. They played off of that, which was excellent, and it really helped Sam not only in play action, but also just being able to throw the ball downfield. If they can continue to run the football at a high rate, be successful doing that, then that's when you can start to have a little bit of belief in the offensive game plan for Steve Wilkes, Ben McAdoo, and company. Let's go back to the college football game. The Heisman finalists have been unveiled. We'll discuss that in just a moment, but not before the Fitty Flash. What you got, Fitty? Well, guys, we're actually going to transition or keep it right here in the NFL as we have a little bit of breaking news. The uh, Tennessee Titans, who lead the AFC South by three games, they fired their GN, John Robinson, this morning. This comes two days after Tennessee went to Philadelphia and got their ass kicked by the Eagles and A.J. Brown, a receiver that they traded away a season ago. But, guys, my biggest takeaway from this is that you you can't trust a guy named John who spells his name without the H. Oh, uh, see, I don't know, man. I, Lil John is somebody that I trust wholeheartedly, and he doesn't yeah. have an H in that name. Who are some other Johns out there? John just, Shire, bastard. And there, and there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is unveiled 100%. I can't think of any more, though, but that's going to be the responsibility of the text line. 704-570-9610. Is Fitty right or is he wrong? Do you want the H in the John first name, or would you rather just go with the J-O-N and uh, trust that person instead? Dead. We'll talk a little bit more about the campus corner Heisman finalists that were unveiled and who are some of the guys that missed out that should have been included. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Got to go to the Garage Door Guru text line to answer the question, the important one about can you trust a John that does not have an H in his name? So some people wrote in some of the Johns, and then we're going to go around the room and deem them trustworthy or non-trustworthy. What about John Bones Jones? Can we trust John without the H there, or is he not trustworthy? Anybody? Bones I'd say Jones? no. <laughs> Bones Jones? Yeah. No, you can't trust him to pass a drug test. But no, you okay. Can't, you can't trust him. All right, very good. You can't trust John Bones Jones. <laughs> Brian wrote in about Jon Snow. This is for you, Fiddy. Jon Snow apparently is a good character on on whatever the show is. I forget the name. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Thank you. Yeah. Man, I said I forgot the name. I did. Um, yeah, no, that is one guy that I would trust because he should be sitting on the Iron Throne, uh, Iron Throne and running the Six Kingdoms. John Beeson is someone we can definitely trust. I nah, think we went can. to Miami. That's all right, though. He's got some dirt on him. <laughs> I'll trust John Beeson. Um, Jack wrote in. I don't even want to. John Kitna. 
Please, please don't say anything yeah, about. Don't get me started. Please that. don't. All right, John Kidna, and then Myron wrote. I don't in. trust his child. Yeah, I know. I got you. There we go. I tried to move on. I, you told me to not get you started. I tried, and then you said, Hold "I couldn't up. let it slide." I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, Myron wrote in John Lester. John Lester, I feel like. Well, you couldn't trust him to throw to first base if you were Chicago. I know that dude got the yips. You couldn't trust him in October though. Until was it like twenty? Was it twenty thirteen? He had his breakthrough October. I forgot about, I don't know when it was the breakthrough. I just know he was pitching well for the Cubs in October, but he just couldn't throw to first base. If you made him field, then he would have to underhand toss it. And he couldn't, if you made him go to his right, then it was going to be an error throwing to first base. That's what I remember about John. Let me tell you something. I don't have a problem throwing to first base, second base, third place, or home base. You don't have a problem throwing to any of those? I don't have a problem throwing there. Or going there. (laughs) you got to be a little bit more clear 704-570-9610 it's time to visit the campus corner and we'll discuss the heisman finalists that were unveiled so your list to possibly win the heisman trophy the guys that are going to new york city it's cj stroud max duggan stetson bennett and the favorite in Caleb Williams. What say you on the guys that are going to New York City West? I was very surprised that Stetson Bennett just came out of nowhere. I felt like he was getting no Heisman contention or, I mean, no Heisman talk all season long. And then, lo and behold, he's going to New York. Now, his numbers, when you really break them down, aren't that crazy. He does have more uh, passing yards than Hendon Hooker had. Granted, Hendon Hooker did uh, miss his last game. He also had not as many rushing yards, but he had 27 TDR to Hendon Hooker's 32. Um, but I still thought that Hendon Hooker should have gotten an invite for what he did for Tennessee this year. Uh, but as I said, I respect Stetson Bennett a lot. I was surprised he got in here, but I respect him a lot more than a lot of people. He still has that game manager stench on him where people don't think that he's a difference maker for this football team. And I've said that when you go back and look at his playoff stats from last year and some of the big games they played, he played high-level football, and I feel like, you know, probably that performance in the SEC championship game got him that trip going 23 of 29, 274, four scores on the afternoon for him. So I think that's what sealed the deal for him. But I don't think it matters at this point. I think Caleb Williams will get the Heisman. I, I, I don't see Stetson Bennett winning it either. And I was a little surprised, but at the same time, this is because Georgia is the best team in college football. If he was playing for a different team, that he wouldn't get there, which maybe you're saying, well, no, duh, because they won a lot of games. And I get that. Stetson Bennett is... And he's their best offensive player. He, he's an above-average quarterback, for sure. Yeah. Like, he's really good. NFL backup in my opinion right but when you're comparing his stats to everybody else they just don't measure up to some other winning programs and to me if you win the Heisman Trophy you got to have some crazy stats that's just how it's been and Stetson Bennett doesn't have those types of numbers it's why I probably don't go to Max Duggan either when you look at some of the stats he put up there he had 124 yard performance against ranked Texas at the time Uh, negative 41 yards rushing which can be a little skewed in college football but still negative 41 that's a that's it's really bad number and then you go to 195 yards passing six yards rushing in that game against 
Texas Tech. He did have a lot of rushing yards in this last contest against Kansas State. But really, it comes down to C.J. Stroud and Caleb Williams. Wes, I just feel like Caleb should win in a runaway, even if they lost to Utah a couple times. I know that they didn't get to the college football playoff like all the other finalists did, but Caleb Williams' stats are enough to counteract the college football playoff entry for these other programs and these other candidates. Yeah, I agree with you. And just the fact that, you know, CJ's last performance was not great at all, and they lost a huge rivalry game to the University of Michigan. So I think that, you know, helped Caleb Williams' cause a lot. He's going to kind of win it by default. I mean, he wasn't the guy most of the year. Then he came on strong late. Some guys started to falter, and then that vaulted him to the top. So that's the thing. This Heisman is a little bit underwhelming. I think Kayla Williams is a fantastic player. He's a lot of fun to watch. He's one of the most fun players to watch in the country. But when you break down just, you know, is he a guy that has just been through and through, not necessarily flawless, but just been exemplary in so many ways that so many Heisman winners have been, I don't think we necessarily have that candidate. It's a very flawed list. What do you think about the list here, Fiddy? Somebody did text in Drake, maybe, and then WTF. I I gave up the Drake May hopes after the NC State loss. I even held on one game longer than you guys did after Georgia Tech, but after NC State, I pretty much accepted he wasn't getting to New York City. What say you on this list, Fiddy? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't have invited Drake May. I would have, for me, it would have been between Hendon Hooker and Blake Corum. Yeah. And, and I know those two guys suffered injuries and they missed, you know, so some games. But look at how dominant they were and how important they are to their team. I mean, you could maybe say that Blake Corum wasn't as important as I thought he was, given what Ohio State did without him winning at Ohio State, beating Purdue in that Big Ten championship game. You take Hendon Hooker away from Tennessee. Is Tennessee 10 and 2 and playing in the Orange Bowl with Joe Milton? Hell no. So that that would probably have been the other guy I would have invited over Stetson Bennett. I think the reason why he's there is that in big games and big moments, he shows up and plays really big and I guess that counts for something. Well, and then you can even go to that Tennessee game, right, from Stetson Bennett, who was very good in that contest, threw some dimes even down the field in Georgia. They went out on top immediately in that game. The thing about Hendon Hooker, I just, I don't think Hendon Hooker would win. So do we want to invite someone that did get injured to the point where there's enough games compared to these other candidates that wouldn't allow him to win the trophy, do you just kind of do him a solid by recognizing a great season, getting him to New York mm-hmm. City, even if there's not a shot, or do you just not bother understanding there's not a shot and then don't invite him to New York City? That's my question because Hendon Hooker was awesome all year long. I love Hendon Hooker. I would be just fine if Carolina decided to end up with him as their first-round quarterback. I think he's that good even despite the injury. Love his pocket presence. Lots of stuff to like about him. I just don't think he would win. And so it's hard for me to come in and beat the table saying he should have been invited to New York City when there's just no way I could give him the award compared to a Caleb Williams where the stats are there. And you even have just as many losses, right? Like Tennessee wouldn't have made the college football playoff either if he would have played the entire season because they still would have lost to South Carolina. And they did to Georgia 27 to 13. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with that argument as well. And I guess when you put it like that, I guess you want to have some suspense in the ceremony. So maybe you don't invite a guy that's injured that you know won't win it because of that. 
So, you know, I can agree with that as well. So what about Max Duggan, man? Because th- that's the, the case that's a little interesting to me, too. How much of his case is based off of the narrative, which we talked a little bit more about last or yesterday, where he's able to bring TCU to the college football playoff. He's the quarterback, the best player on a team that you didn't expect to make the college football playoff at the beginning of the season. How much of his campaign is narrative-based compared to performance with some of these other candidates in New York? I mean, I think he had a great season. You look at it, he's over 3,700 total yards, 36 TDR. He has some great wins over ranked football teams, and his team has been, you know, they were undefeated up until that point in the conference championship game. I think his case would be stronger had they won that game because you look at the numbers 251 yards rushing 110 no, i'm sorry 251 yards passing 110 yards rushing he had two tdr in that game so i think his case i think he would have a real case if they had won on saturday but i think he's certainly deserving of the trip and if he won it i wouldn't be completely shocked yeah, I guess for me, I just can't come up with a real case for anybody other than Caleb Williams. I just can't do it. Now, I mean, as far the, as win resume, Duggan has the best win resume out of all of them. And, and that's, well, that's fine. I mean, Caleb Williams still has a couple of wins, even late in the season against ranked opponents. UCLA, Notre Dame, they were able to beat, knock them down the rankings. They did lose to Utah a couple times. But just the numbers for Caleb Williams, I think, are the reason why. I just don't see anybody in the same tier as him. And that run. Going into New York City, and that was his right. Heisman moment in a losing game. He was able to pick up a first down, <laughs> and that was enough for him to get the award just that play itself. We'll go to the 1 o'clock hour coming up next. Andrea Adelson, ACC writer for ESPN, going to be joining us at 145. But coming up next, it's time for some Carolina Panthers, Seattle Seahawks comparisons on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.